Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, welcome back to another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking Our Weekend Review on W-A-Y-O-L-P freaking Rochester, also on Apple freaking Podcasts, Google freaking Play, freaking Spotify, and freaking SoundCloud if anybody freaking wants to know. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, my name is Taylor the Sandman freaking Lofton, and with me as always to my left is freaking Doug the Slug Jordan via the great satellite in the sky, and then Tadia freaking Risher back from the dead. Also via the great freaking satellite, Satellite New York. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, and the freaking panel, start your freaking engines. This is our Week in Freaking Review. Before you do, can I just uh, chime in here? Uh, last week, or maybe a couple weeks ago, you, you you did the intro and you said something along the lines of the great satellite in the in the sky that we pray to, and I just wanted to clarify, what what exactly did you mean that we, we pray to this great satellite in the sky? Because I, I don't know what, what the hell you're talking about. And how are you? Another day is done. And still the hunger burns inside of me. Heart beats to a different drum. Like thunder, it wakes me from my sleep. Oh, Lord, it takes its toll. I must chase the fire that feeds my soul. But you've got to dig down deep if you want to raise the dead from their sleep. From now on, you know where to find me. So, Doug Jordan, what was your question? I, I wanted to get that out of the way. That was a, it was a poem that I wrote. But the, I'm, was that the, one of the prayers that you say to the satellite? or that raised, or, more, that raised a lot more questions. The satellite in the sky, Satellite New York, is our broadcast tool. It is how we communicate with each other. We pray that it doesn't fall upon all of us and kill us all in one fell swoop, Doug Jordan, but we have more pressing issues at this time, and I would like to get into that if you allow me the floor. Yeah, uh, yes, the floor I, The floor is yours. I allow. You yield? To, yeah, I yield my time. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I yield my time. Well, geez, Louise, down on my knees, weakers, tweakers, thrill-freaking seekers. It has been many week since we last spoke. And geez, Louise, down on my freaking knees, we have much to speak about. We had to take a sabbatical, Weakers and Tweakers, to do our episode 100 and episode 101, the Our Week backstory. But guess what? We have been jettisoned back directly into the fire. That is the Great Radio War Part 2. And the Great Radio War is ramping up dramatically. As you may notice by now, Sandy the Sandman Fargus is not in the studio, nor is he broadcasting from the great satellite in the sky. That is because the poor man is in jail. They locked him up like a dog, Uyghurs and Tweegers. They caged him, put a straitjacket on him because he's absolutely insane and drunk, and shackled his legs and put a bite guard in his mouth. Took his shoelaces from him, Uyghurs and Tweegers, and his belt. Leaving him no option but to sit and think about what Dawson has done this time. Doug Jordan, I don't know how we narrowly escaped that fate. I'm so glad that we're here, but I am sick as a dog thinking about Sandy Farkas. Sandy the Sandman Farkas, rotting away in a cell downtown 
prison. So, Jesus always down on my knees. That's what I had to say. Doug Jordan, how you doing? How you been? How horny are you? God bless you. And how was your week? Uh, yeah, thank you for the blessing. Uh, uh, I am not yet, and please stop asking me that uh, every every radio show. Um, and I'm I'm good. Uh, you, you know, um, good good as I could be. My my week was fine, aside from the you know minor hiccup of uh, Sandy getting uh, arrested. Uh, you know, but other than that, my week's been pretty good. I had a bologna sandwich today for lunch, and uh, you know, I packed a packed a little applesauce uh, to go with it, and, and a bag of chips. So. I don't know how you could bag of chips. You did have me at chips. That is interesting. Um, usually, you'd say I, I packed a, a maybe a yogurt or something like that, plain yogurt to supplement my sandwich. Jeez Louise, down on my knees. Doug, we cannot go into the dribble and drab of your life when we have so much Sandy to talk about. Operation Doubtfire. And Tadia knows all about this operation. We have been briefed, as he need be. And we need weakers and tweakers to be briefed. Operation Doubtfire, the great plan Sandy had come up with, where he dresses up as Mrs. Doubtfire in the usual Mrs. Doubtfire garb, and goes in to, geez Louise, down on my knees, WXXI Studios, infiltrates WXXI Studios, and gets to Dawson. Now, simultaneously, that plan was going to coincide with, geez Louise, down on my knees, a single attack, but it actually multiplied because we were able to get our hands on a great deal of ferrets, which I was in charge of. We had three live ferrets in a cage with a remote controlled door so that you can let the wildest for skunks but we put ferrets in it so you can open the door and let them out at a great distance so as not to be attacked by the ferrets Doug Jordan and Doug Jordan was so kind to come along on this operation yeah it was against my will I, I thought we were going to lunch at the Ortego Grill so Nobody told me that there was uh, live ferrets in, in the back of my car where you sat in the truck. And uh, and I didn't know this operation was going to happen. Wow. So I thought we were just going to get an uh, appetizer sampler for twelve ninety nine. We told you we had to make a short stop, and a short stop we made. A short stop at WXXI Studios. Sandy in the front seat, Doug driving. Sandy dressed as a woman. Me in the trunk with a box full of ferrets with a radio-controlled remote to open the door. And Doug Jordan, kindly enough, let us use his child's walkie-talkies. So, geez louise, down on my knees, story goes, Sandy walks into WXXI Studios. Fancier than usual, dressed up, he even had the British accent down. And geez louise, down on my knees, it was a sight to behold. He looked just like freaking Robin Williams dressed as a woman, didn't he, Doug Jordan? Uh, you know, that's kind of a stretch. It, it kind of just looked like Sandy in a wig and, and a very long dress. So I guess, yeah, kind of like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. But there was no prosthetics like they had in Mrs. Doubtfire. It was just it was just his face. And he even had a beard, you know, a little bit of a stubble still. So, well, geez, Louise, he walked in brazenly like an old British maid. And I slunk in the shadows beside with 
the box full of ferrets because we have established that the only thing that can kill a freaking snake that is Dawson, a rat snake Dawson, is a, the swiftness of a ferret or a mongoose, which are the same animal. And I am hiding behind the desk with these ferrets. And Doug Jordan, of all people, decides to test the freaking walkie-talkie to get the communication between Doubtfire Sandy and freaking himself waiting in the truck. And geez Louise, down on my knees, wouldn't you know it, it activates the goddamn radio-controlled release on the freaking cage that has the ferrets in it. At which point the ferrets are less loose and they are great climbers. And did I mention they are swift and vicious? And these ones might be rabid, Doug Jordan. I'm not sure where Sandy got these freaking ferrets from because they basically encircled me and and trapped me in a wrath of ferret climbing along my body and biting me all over. At which point I go screaming, running out of the studio's front door, and I am flailing all over trying to get these ferrets off of me. And I throw one halfway to freaking hell, and somehow it's back again. And I jump in the back of freaking Doug Jordan's truck, hit the side, and Doug Jordan goes speeding off. I say, Doug Jordan, you gotta drive like hell. These ferrets are after me. Problem is, we left Sandy. And... I don't know if it needs to be said, but he was drunk. He was very freaking drunk, so... Sandy was arrested, shackled and chained, and caged like a wild dog. I bet they're throwing him raw, raw meat, Doug Jordan. Making him make feces in his trouser. Because the raw, the raw meat made the feces make the feces in the trouser? Or because or he's shackled because... and chained and they won't let him out of his yellow jumpsuit. I don't know, Doug Jordan. I'm spitballing. I'm just so nervous about Sandy. Maybe Tadia, with the outside perspective, could figure out what to do up in this situation. Well, if I were Sandy, I would probably ask Doug Jordan to gas up the freaking truck and smuggle him in a cake. And inside that cake is a nail file, and Sandy could freaking file his way out of prison and then freaking try again, honestly. I think the only thing to do is to just keep going dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire into WXXI until you can successfully launch a freaking ferret into the into the studio. Yeah, and ensnare Dawson in the process. Yes, Doug Jordan, you were going to say something? Well, I mean, now that he's been arrested, I, I seriously doubt he could go into WXXI studios dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire ever again without getting arrested again, so I think we got to come up with a new plan. Or just, you know, stop the whole radio war to begin with, or at all. Stop the whole radio war at all. Well, that's not our call. The radio war is in motion, and it has nothing to do with us. Dawson has had us at every turn, so. Jeez Louise, down on my knees. Tadia Richer, I am so sorry that I have been ignoring you. God bless you. And how are you? And how was your week? Thank you very much. Uh, no need to apologize. Very horrible. Um, I can't remember if Doug said he was, but I'm probably, um, and my week has been, uh, successful, albeit stressful again. Um, as friggin' our week listeners know, Doug Jordan set upon me 
the friggin' angel of death, Marvel Givens, uh, to come and track me down in Casper, Wyoming. And, uh, Doug, I have not forgiven you for that. Um, but I did promise that I would meet Marvel Givens with fire and brimstone. And that I did because I turned the friggin' tables on him. He was eating at a local diner here. And I happened to pass by that diner and see him eating in there. It was unmistakable. He was a 400-pound man the size of friggin' Jonah Hill, but he moved with the grace and speed of a friggin' cheetah, guzzling down five tall stacks of pancakes, at least a dozen eggs, and friggin' four things of bacon. Yeah, that's that's Marvel Givens, all right, for sure. What do you mean by things? Do you mean like four strips or or four orders? Four four whole pigs of bacon, Doug Jordan. Obviously, that's what he Yes. Four whole pigs, Doug. I mean, it took up more than half the freaking table, and it was a large table. It was meant for 12 people, and most of it was taken up with freaking bacon. So I waited and wait. I watched Marvel Givens for several days as he freaking stuffed his face at this local diner, and I did what I freaking do best, and I freaking poisoned him, Doug Jordan. I freaking saw your freaking move to attack me, and I freaking fought back dukes up poison marvel givens the only problem though is that he is a fast very strong person i don't think i gave him a big enough dose because he just kind of went to the bathroom pretty sure he threw up a little bit and then he just sat back down and started eating more freaking bacon when you said you waited for days did you you mean you waited he ate his whole meal for multiple days or did he he kept coming back for the same meal every day? he obviously kept coming back from the same meal every day doug jordan the yeah. man needs four pigs, five stacks of pancakes, and a dozen eggs every morning. Doug, they know his order. He's not going to go somewhere else where he's got to explain all that to another waitress. Jeez Louise. I, I, to clarify, I didn't send him to go after and try and kill you. I was just trying to track you down at, because you, you know, you said that you were your twin brother or stepbrother or whatever, Kyle, Richard, and now you're saying, now you're just going by Tadia again, so. And I need you to not change the subject here, Doug. You tried to have me freaking killed. Doug, your first mistake was messing with Marvel Givens at all because, geez Louise, down on my knees, he once he starts something, he finishes it. I have had this problem with Marvel Givens before, and maybe I didn't make it clear what a swift hand of justice he carries with him and he distributes his hand of justice on his own terms outside of the law some might not even call it justice by all means you know i mean it's up to interpretation what justice is in his mind the twisted mind of marvel givens you never know he is like dog the bounty hunter but instead of hitting his freaking targets with the word of god he hits them with a baton yeah with the full force of a 400 pound man Full of flapjacks, Doug Jordan. So, geez Louise, down on my knees. Now we're in trouble. Givens is probably only angered by the freaking poison Tadia gave him. He's on the freaking run, Tadia. Sandy's in the slammer, and it's only you and I that are free to fight Dawson. Evan Dawson of WXXI Connections. The most horrific human being this world has ever known. And believe you me, if I uh, if I could, I would pay friggin' Marvel Givens to turn right back around and send him into the WXXI studios for Evan Dawson. 
but I think you're right, Taylor. He is mad at me. Yeah. He, he, he knows I poisoned him and now I feel that my days are freaking numbered. Yeah. It's not, not a good idea to mess with Givens. I always said that. I told everyone that I'm pretty sure that don't ever mess with Marvel Givens. I love the man and I find him very entertaining and I would love to be better friends with him, but he is not a man you should trifle with because he doesn't take trifling lightly. So geez, Louise down on my knees. Well, Weakers and Tweakers, we got a great freaking show for you, full of freaking our week's news and discussions. But before we get to that, as the pandemic tide begins to ebb and the world tries to squeeze back into its pre-pandemic genes, we are left sifting through the flotsam and jetsam left in the wake of prolonged wreckage. As Weakers and Tweakers have indicated in countless emails, not all loved ones lost have been to the icy grip of COVID-19. Many listeners describe significant others emotionally drifting away as pandemic lockdowns kept them physically close. We here at Our Week in Review would like to help intubate those gasping relationships in a little segment called Our Week's Ways to Rekindle Your Relationship. So, geez louise, down on my knees. This is from relationship expert Susanna Galland. So, geez louise, down on my knees. The best in the biz. We got the best in the biz, so Uyghurs and Uyghurs shall not worry about those dwindling relationships. Doug Jordan is fighting for his relationship right now. He's fighting for his life and for his relationship with his wife and with Sunze, who he hasn't been able to see during the pandemic in a close, intimate way that he is used to. So this is perfect for Doug. This is perfect for weakers and tweakers. And if I ever want to be in a relationship again in my life, because I have been in one, this is good for me, too, to hear. So geez, Louise, down on my knees. We're going to do this in a roundtable panel. Number one. Don't look to sex to reignite passion. So Gallen says you want to give a little time to get to that moment again of trust or feeling cherished and adored. Doug Jordan, help me through this. Don't look to sex right away to reignite passion. How do you get that passion otherwise? Uh, you know, uh, maybe it's uh, going to to do something exciting uh, with your loved one like uh, going uh, go-karting or uh, going out to to eat maybe to get breakfast uh, in the morning uh, you know there's a number of things that you could do to to or you know maybe get flowers and leave them on the on, in the bed or something but don't all these things end in sex well, I mean, sometimes, but, you know, sometimes you just do those things uh, to be nice. You don't you don't have to just do it all uh, th- uh, anticipating there will be a intercourse uh, for trade for these actions. The heck are you talking about? You know, sometimes you just got to uh, you got to treat your loved one uh, with respect and uh, and do something special uh, for them and not expect anything in return. Maybe, like, go into a public place and hide in the bushes and have sex, and the the danger of the whole thing makes it exciting and reinvigorating, and and you look out, and there's a there's a sentry walking by with a with a nightstick, and and he's on your he can smell the sex in the air. He knows it's from somewhere, but he he's looking through the bushes. Your bush is next, so you kind of roll into the next bush, and then he's over to that bush, and it's just sex with bushes and rolling and smell and mud. Doug Jordan. 
Yeah, but that's the opposite of the advice. The advice is don't look to first to at sex to reignite the passion. Number two, make more eye contact. Galen says, take some time in the day to be thoughtful and look into each other's eyes. So, Jeeves Louise down on my knees. Tadia freaking Risher, how is this going to work? Well, I mean, you just have to picture that your freaking lover's eyes are something other than their freaking eyeballs. So, for Doug Jordan, it's probably freaking, I, I don't know, like whatever Doug is passionate about, fish or something. You need to look into those freaking eyes of your of your freaking wife Doug or Soonjay your lover and just picture them not as eyeballs but as freaking tasty delicious fish that need to be freaking delivered and for Taylor for you it's probably just mayo is just looking into someone's eyes and seeing mayo I think I would look into someone's eyes and see breasts and imagine that the the pupil is actually the nipple and I would begin salivating Doug Jordan Tady Risher. I think that that's a perfect solution. That's excellent advice, Mrs. Gallant, and that is excellent advice, Tadia Risher. Well, I think that you would, if you looked into somebody else's eyes, what you would imagine is probably just yourself playing with yourself. That's probably what you would imagine. I, you mean I could see myself already doing it in the reflection. That's a good, very good yeah. point, Doug Jordan. Circle gives us a square. So, number uh, three. Thank you. Be more sensual. So, Gallon says, geez Louise, down on my knees. What does Gallon say? Gallon says, it can be as easy as a flirtatious way you say thank you, a gentle touch on the cheek, or wearing something that makes you feel sexy. So, geez Louise, Doug Jordan, this is perfect for you. How are you going to be bring the sensuality back into the relationship? You pick whichever relationship you're in, by the way. So, just the one with my wife. I I am not in a relationship with the co-host of my show uh, here on WAYOLGBTQ uh, Rochester. Well, let's uh, not get Doug knows best. Let's not get distracted, Doug Jordan, from the task at hand. Yeah. Your freaking relationship is teetering on the brink of non-existence. I mean, how do you put really, the how do you put the P in passing? I think I know how to put the P in passing. By the way, Teddy Richard, why don't you go ahead and tell us how to put the P in passing? Oh, well, I don't know if I can really freaking say it in on the freaking radio, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess what you could probably do is maybe you know take him on to a freaking adventure and you know just try and freaking reignite the freaking passion. Maybe take him to a restaurant or go karting or uh, freaking you know a, a nice little date. And uh, don't expect anything in return. Hey, that's what I said. I said I literally said the exact same thing. I him. put the P in passing by playing with myself, obviously. And my and my when I say myself, I mean my, p- which also starts with P. Right. Double P. That's two P's in passing. It's extra P for your passing. The next one is laugh together. Galen says, start with five-minute moments that unite the two of you, like enjoying your favorite foods or TV shows together. So, Doug Jordan, let's hear about this. Favorite food Abby. and and pair it with a nice TV show as though it was a nice wine to go with the meal. Uh, uh, maybe, um, uh, I don't know, like a, like a nice salmon uh, filet. Uh, the nice grilled salmon. Uh, that sounds like Frasier. That would be Frasier. I was going to say Mr. Bean, but but Frasier, Frasier works too. It's got to be a TV show. Sounds like Frasier. Let's go with Friends. Mr. Bean is a TV show. What? I thought that was a movie. 
No, it's well, it's multiple movies, but it's also it started as a TV show. This is getting too complicated. Doug Jordan, just tell me what you would eat for the King of Queens. I know the uh, the hoagie, fish and chips. Yeah, hoagie. That makes sense. The thing is, I feel like you eat fish and chips, salmon, and a hoagie. Nobody's gonna get, be getting laid after all that effort wasted. If you know what I mean, you're gonna be so full of freaking seafood, your stomach's gonna be like the freaking Indian Ocean. Doug Jordan gurgling around with freaking two different types of fish and a hoagie in the mix. Well, I think fish is a natural uh, aphrodisiac, mm-hmm. like oysters. Mm. I guess that's a mollusk. I feel like oysters is just so vaginal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I have heard that before, yeah. I don't know what you mean. The next one is talk about any relationship concerns. Galen says it's essential for couples to designate a specific time to talk about any issues or concerns about your relationship but remember, you're not allowed to have any heavy talks in the bedroom whatsoever. So, geez louise down on my knees. My advice, take it into the bathroom. Because nobody wants to be in the bathroom too long. Especially if Doug Jordan's been in there just moments before. So, you need to work through these issues. And, geez louise down on my knees, time is of the essence. Because the smell is only getting worse. Plus, Doug Jordan's still wearing his fish rags from work. And, geez louise down on my knees, those two smells together make you want to leave the bathroom as soon as possible. But you can't leave until you work out your freaking issues. Mm. Put a clock on it. That's what, Gal- well, that's actually what the freaking Moss Man Lofton myself says. Put a freaking clock on it. Tick tock, tick tock, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Number six, and the final one, is listen to your partner. If your partner is not responding or contributing, then your rekindling efforts are not really going to last no matter where you go or what you do. So, geez, Louise, down my knees, listen to one another, right, Doug Jordan? How do you do that? How is that possible? Well, uh, usually, you know, it's it's good to do to be an active listener. You know, like look somebody in the eyes and and uh, and you know make sure that your partner is being heard. You know, you just say uh, yes, okay, and uh, you know you can just look them in the eyes and you and you uh, and you say you agree with them and you and you make sure that you're paying attention. And uh, that was all I was I was gonna say. I'm sorry. I, I, I totally. I wasn't. I was looking at the next segment. I wasn't listening at all. Yeah, I kind of tuned out. I, that does raise a question. What do you do, like, if your partner just speaks in very monotone tones and just, you know, yeah. that takes forever to get there? Yeah, not really your fault in that situation, Tadium. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. Okay. Even Galland didn't have the answer to that. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers. We got a great freaking show for you, full of freaking our week's news and discussions. If you want to call in, join the conversation. Call 513 914 6201. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. You might get put on blast, but you also might get a prize or two. Without further freaking ado, our week's news and discussions starts freaking now. Last week, a patron at Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse was arrested after allegedly removing his collapse bag and swinging it around as a weapon, according to Newsweek. 
Nicholas Newhart, a 39-year-old ex-convict, was charged with assault on the two Metro police officers, disorderly conduct, and public intoxication. According to an affidavit, the situation escalated when police were called by Kid Rock security staff after the patron refused to step away from an emergency exit that was being blocked. Quote, when the Metro police officers arrived, the defendant took out his colostomy bag from the inside of his front pants area and started swinging the bag around from left to right, hitting two of the Metro police officers with his feces, the affidavit read. So, geez louise down my knees, this guy used his own colostomy bag as a freaking weapon. And, I mean, I'm impressed, I gotta say. It's impressive that somebody would do that. The fortitude that that would take. Doug Jordan. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely impressive and it, it what it also impresses me is that kid rock has a restaurant uh, called his big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse and you know the type of thing like somebody pulling out a colostomy bag uh, it happened and swings it around as a weapon is happening there you know I, i'm curious to maybe go to that restaurant and, and see what it's all about yeah mm. where is it Does i think it's know? in it's in nashville I think it's in Nashville. I, I, it's either in Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee outside of Nashville. Now, my worry with this whole colostomy issue is that he's swinging the bag around. It gets on one of these steaks because it is a steakhouse. People mistake it for, yep, you guess it, freaking A1 steak sauce, end up eating it, and then they send the steak back, blame it on the cook, Doug Jordan. Yeah, I could definitely see that uh, happening. It's, yeah. Not interested anymore. Can I just say what Doug Jordan refused to freaking say that this isn't a, a hilarious freaking story? Yeah, this is the funniest story I think we've read in weeks, and I think that this would be a great freaking prank to do on a freaking movie like the next Larry the Cable Guy movie. The guy, you know, Larry the Cable Guy is a freaking waiter at a big freaking rock and roll restaurant, and someone hits him with his freaking poop bag. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard, and I would pay a lot of money for tickets to that movie. Yeah, I think what would happen is Larry the Cable Guy would be walking. He'd be going from table to table, checking on drinks, taking orders. But then the guy's colostomy bag is the string, the rope that the that colosts the feces from inside him into the bag is hanging out, and he trips on it, and the thing goes off like a fire hose, Doug Jordan, all the pressure built up inside because the bag's nearly full because it's a buffet. The guy's been there for hours, and geez louise, down on my knees, it starts spraying all over the room, life of its own. All the patrons get soaked in it, and the one guy eats it and thinks it's steak sauce, Doug Jordan. I mean, if wouldn't you if you saw somebody swinging a freaking uh, colostomy bag around their head, wouldn't you know? Uh, I I have to stop eating this food right now. Yeah, I would duck. Yeah, good point. Well, the patron is blind. Yeah, that's a good point. Patron yeah. was blind. It was in the copy. Last week, a Belgian former a Belgian farmer accidentally moved the French border, according to BBC News. The change was discovered by an amateur historian who noticed a demarcation stone had been moved while on a walk in the woods. According to reports, the farmer moved the stone approximately seven and a half feet after becoming frustrated by its placement while driving his tractor. Quote, I was happy my town was bigger. David Laveau, mayor of the Belgian village 
Jeez Louise, Irquilius said, that, but the mayor of Borignosi, Sir Rock, didn't agree. That's a French village, Doug Jordan. Previously, the border had gone unchanged since the Treaty of Corktrick. These names established the demarcation line in 1820 after Napoleon was defeated at Waterloo. Belgian authorities planned to contact the farmer, ask him to put the stone back, or he'll go to jail. This is a complicated situation, Doug Jordan, Tadia Richer, and uh, because we are currently at war, I am very sensitive of such matters that could lead to a conflict between countries or radio stations for that matter. Mm-hmm. Now, Doug Jordan, what does this mean for the relationship between Belgium, known for their waffles, and France, known for French people? Well, I mean, you know, French people are known for their their uh, cooking and, you know, I would say crepes. If you were going to put waffles versus some other breakfast food, I would say crepes. Uh, why, uh, what does this mean? I, I, it could potentially mean uh, lead to another freaking war uh, is what I'm thinking here. You, you can't just move the border of a land and just say it was because my freaking tractor didn't work. That was obviously the, whoever was freaking using this tractor was was trying to start something. And uh, this tractor driver, you would say probably he was the one who cast the first stone. Yeah, literally. Yep, exactly. He, he cast the first stone and moved it seven feet away. Well, this isn't good. Tady Richer has advanced knowledge on freaking geography, so we're going to send it over to Tady Richer. Tady, please. Um... Yeah, I mean, this uh, this changed the landscape of the whole freaking world. Um, freaking, you know, France is now seven feet freaking shorter than it's supposed to be. And uh, I don't know. How is this going to impact globe makers and map makers all over the country? That's what I'm worried about, too, is that suddenly all these maps need to be redrawn, Doug Jordan. Well, I mean, you know, seven feet in map in map. Uh, logic it's not that you I don't even think you have to redraw it it's only seven feet I think that question was directed at me Doug Um, you probably don't have to redraw maps or globes the seven feet's not that big in a map or globe scale well they I mean if you get a good one so last week a joke I said the same thing Last week, a joke that Prince William made at his wedding 10 years ago made headlines, according to People. At the April 2011th reception where the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were wed, William took a lighthearted jab at his younger brother, Prince Harry, during his wedding speak. According to royal harpist Claire Jones, who performed at the ceremony, William thought his joke was hilarious. Quote, The first thing he said to me was, Did you hear what I said in my speech? And I said I did, but I asked him to remind me because I hadn't heard it all. He said, thank goodness Claire turned up to play the harp because otherwise we'd have to get my brother to play it instead. He thought that was hilarious. So. I'm confused. I'm very confused by this story. Yeah, I don't get the, what is the joke? How is that a joke? And I thought Prince William was dead. Yeah. Well, that's his dad or his grandpa. I can't remember. They're all related. They're dad, cousin. They're all 
one in the same. They're all brothers and sisters. They're screwing each other, and they all marry their cousins. You know, it's gotcha. one big, it's, it's homogenous, I think. Mm. But Jesus, down on my knees, the issue at hand is that I believe uh, Prince Harry is not such a great heart player. At least not up to the caliber of a royal wedding. So the joke was that he would have to play the harp at his own wedding if they didn't hire a, a harp person. Maybe he would play the harp Monica, Doug Jordan. Did you pull this story from 10 years ago? No. It, this, it, what happened was the harp player just started freaking gabbing about it of recent, and it made headlines. But sometimes people wait 10 years to talk. So. Hmm. Last week, Ukrainian authorities seized 1,500 bottles of liquor made using apples grown near the site of former Chernobyl nuclear power plant, according to BBC News. The beverage, called Atomic Apple Spirit, is under investigation by the Ukrainian security services after a truckload destined for the United Kingdom was seized. According to Professor Jim Smith, who is part of a group of scientists that spent years studying the contaminated zone before starting Chernobyl Spirit Company, the Ukrainian government is accusing the company of using forged excise stamps. Quote, this doesn't make sense since the bottles are for the UK market and are clearly labeled with valid UK excise stamps, Smith said. According to Smith, the spirit produced from the region are, quote, no more radioactive than any other vodka. So, geez, always down on my knees. This guy wants to make radioactive apple juice for kids, but it's got liquor in it, so kids get real freaking drunk. But God willing, and God bless him, I don't understand. I saw, I tried to watch the movie Chernobyl, but it turned out it was a TV show, and I was going to have to sit through like 10 hours of that, and I couldn't do it. Doug Jordan, it was boring as a Dickens. I said, when's, God, when's Gojira get here? So. What, what exactly do you not understand? That they're growing uh, apples on land that has been is freaking radioactive and, you know, could potentially harm people because they made it into freaking radioactive goo. And now it's going to freaking poison people with the goo, you know, or it'll fall on, you know, maybe it gets put in, you know, some some a couple of cans of it fall out and it falls into the sewer. And maybe it lands on a couple of freaking turtles and a rat that happened to live down there. And all of a sudden, you've got freaking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you got freaking Master Splinter. Dawson. Because I said rat? Yeah. Yep. Well. Well, then, God bless you, Ukraine. You're doing the right thing. Tie this, tie this mad scientist Jim Smith up. Buzz, what is Jim Smith doing in the Ukraine right now? Hanging out at a nuclear waste zone. Jim Smith doesn't sound Ukrainian to me. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like he's probably from the United States. Or maybe the United Kingdom. I don't know. What do people are what are people's names usually in the United Kingdom? They're usually named Smythe instead of Smith. 
They called him Smythe. Yeah, I think it's Jim Smythe. Good point, Doug Jordan. Thank you for the correction. Last week, a New York City school teacher made headlines after she was caught sucking on a man's nipple during a Zoom class, according to the New York Post. Students at the prestigious Columbia Secondary School for Math, Science, and Engineering looked on as 37-year-old teacher Amanda K. Fletcher, quote, appeared to suck the nipple of an unidentified topless male while gyrating back and forth, according to the Special Commission of Investigation for City Schools. Prior to the mouth-nipple moment, Fletcher had eaten a bowl of spaghetti while the shirtless man sat in the background. The report further states that after the oral episode, Fletcher assumed resumed teaching for an additional 12 minutes. Fletcher has declined to be interviewed by SCI investigators. So, geez louise down on my knees. Doug, Tadia, I'm going to let one of you roll with this. Go ahead. Give me your take. I don't really see what the big deal is. I would do stuff like this all the time on my freaking webcam shows. Um, the the only thing that separates me and Amanda freaking Fletcher is, first of all, that I, um, I showed a lot more p- than she probably showed in this. Second is that I would never have ever done this in front of a group of freaking students uh, that hadn't paid any money for it. So real amateur stuff. I'm glad she got caught and shame on her. Yeah. That's your takeaway is that students should have paid to watch her eat a bowl of freaking spaghetti and suck on their boyfriend's nipple or whatever. Yeah. What else was I supposed to take away from it? Maybe it's me. You know, she's a teacher and she shouldn't be freaking eating spaghetti and, and freaking sucking on nipples while she should be freaking teaching. Yeah, but uh, this would... is a very prestigious high school, Doug Jordan. They go outside the box. And they draw from life experience. So I can only imagine that this was part of some greater lesson that was to be learned. What was the lesson? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. She's eating the spaghetti and then she's licking on the guy's nipple. This is maybe... She is an art teacher. I'm not sure. Maybe this it's was some sort of math, science, and engineering. Listen, Professor Jim Smythe. I that's a good point. Um, I don't know. Then you caught me. I'm thinking about Sandy right now. I'm worried about him. That's what's on my mind. It's hard to think about this nipple sucker, a spaghetti eater, and not think about Sandy. I think mm. I think nipples, spaghetti, Sandy would love this. Sandy would be all over this. Sandy would make love to this story and then get drunk. But he'd be drunk already. He'd be even more drunk by the time he was done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now he's sitting in prison where he's going to have to suck on something a lot bigger if he wants a bowl of freaking spaghetti. And th- and that's all thanks to you, Doug Jordan. You, I mean, you were the one that ran in the car and you said, just go, go, go. And I said, no, what about Sandy? You said, don't just leave it. We have to get away from these freaking ferrets. And those ferrets are still out there, Doug Jordan, terrorizing the street. And who knows, maybe Dawson captured them and is now training them to work for him. Wouldn't that be a turn? Maybe the radioactive goo will freaking fall on them. And then all of a sudden you've got freaking teenage mutant ninja ferrets. That's a good point. So we have one final story here to get to. Last week, potato chip giant 
Lay's rolled out three new flavors for their 2021 summer lineup, according to Chewboom.com. Chili, mango, wavy jerk chicken, and summer BLT flavors were introduced just in time for the summer snacking season. These jaw-dropping seasonal flavors will be available nationwide for a limited time only. Each flavor debuts for a suggested retail price of $3.79 per bag while supplies last. So, cheese Louise down on my knees. Doug Jordan, you love chips, you love food, take it to the sports desk. Okay. Um, thank you for inviting me to uh, speak on behalf of uh, the uh, sports and uh, mostly snack. This is the sports desk with uh, Doug, uh, with me, Mike. He already, he already introed it. Go ahead. Well, I, sometimes he, tell, he asked me to do it, so I was just doing it again. Yeah, well, do so, it one more time, Doug, please. Okay. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, thanks for coming to the floor, and I hope that everybody's excited for uh, sports and uh, and what, what I'm going to talk about today, which Look, is uh, chips. Ca- you got to call it the sports desk. Welcome it's to the sports desk. Sports desk with Doug Jordan. Welcome to the sports desk with Doug Jordan. Thank you for having me. Uh, th- tonight... I mean, I'm not really prepared for this. All I can say is that I see, I've seen these flavors in the grocery store. I was curious about them. Um, I know a little bit about them. I know that the, it's a summer flavor thing, and there's three of them. There's the chili mango, which is like a fruity uh, mango with with the spicy chili peppers. Uh, it's pretty common uh, in more tropical climates. People will get mango, and they'll put you know, uh, cayenne pepper, paprika on it, uh, spice it up. Uh, then the other one is the wavy jerk chicken, which is just, I'm assuming will taste like jerk chicken. If you've ever had Jamaican friggin' jerk chicken. And then the final one is the summer BLT and it, it's going to taste like a BLT it, but the, as a potato chip. So what's going to be the classic flavors of the BLT? Well, um, bacon, lettuce, and tomato. So and probably, may- probably mayo, a little bit of mayo in there. Well, that's good. But geez, always down my maybe you dip them in mayo. Now, what? So some of these chips, some of these BLT chips, are just going to taste like lettuce. They have lettuce flavored chips. Well, I'm sure it's just going to taste like it's not going to be like one is bacon, one is lettuce, and one is tomato, and one is friggin' mayo. I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna uh, if you eat one chip, it's gonna taste like you took a bite of a friggin' BLT. Now, what if you don't like tomatoes, Doug Jordan? Then what do you do? Yeah, Tati usually takes them off. Mm-hmm. Then I guess you wouldn't get the you wouldn't get the chips, or you maybe just not eat the tomato chip and just eat right. the bacon and the lettuce and uh, well that's it I mean, just have the bacon and the lettuce chip. Yeah, but there's not going to be three chips in the bag. No, I'm not a big fan of the lettuce either, so I'll probably just eat the bacon chip. That's what that's a chip they should make. Yeah, they should just have a bag of bacon chips. Maybe they'll do a spinoff at some point. Doug Jordan, when do you think that'll happen? I feel like you can already get just bacon-flavored chips in the store. Yeah, but he wants it to be a BLT. He wants it, He likes BLTs, but he only gets bacon. Then this isn't. Then this isn't the chip for you. Then. Then you want a, a, a bacon sandwich chip. But do they make those? And when are they going to? I, you know, I couldn't tell you. I actually couldn't. I couldn't tell you. You could get a bacon potato chip uh, bacon flavored potato chip but then do i have to get a bread flavored bacon chip 
Well, no, because the chip is the bread. Oh, the chip is the bread. So uh, some the of them are just the regular right chips. Now. So there's four types of chips. There's regular potato chip, a lettuce potato chip, a bacon potato chip, and a tomato ba- potato chip. And then if you stack them, so you need five chips because you got to put the bread on both sides, the bread chips on both sides. Then, you need six because the mayo. You need the mayo chip. I think well, you no, dunk you it in mayo. mayo. Yeah, you put the mayo in between the chips. If you're not serving your chips with a bowl of mayo, Doug Jordan, there's something wrong with you. But I, I'm telling you guys, it's not gonna. It's gonna be just one chip, one flavor. It's not gonna be multiple different flavors in the back. That doesn't make any sense because what if you don't like tomatoes? The, here's what you do, Doug Jordan. Yeah, because clearly that doesn't make sense. You make a bread chip, a piece of bread chip that's supposed to be for sandwiches. And then you take uh, make a BLT dip, bacon, lettuce, shredded lettuce, tomatoes. Maybe put some to they put them on the side so you don't have to have all the tomatoes in there in case you don't like them or maybe the lettuce. And that is mixed in with mayo. And then you dunk the chip in the mayo and you take another chip and you place it on top of the dunked chip and that's your BLT sandwich. Well, that sounds more like a dip. It sounds like you made you just made a dip. It's not a bag of chips. Well, you can put it in a bag and then put the chips in on top. It's kind of like those yogurt toppers where you get the granola or maybe the chocolate sprinkles and you shake mm-hmm. it up. Maybe do something like that. And then you mix them and you shake them and you eat it out of the bag. But that's not, it's not just a potato chip. I, I feel like Doug's not really understanding. Let's the different example, Doug. I like chili, but I don't really like mango. What do I do with these freaking chili mango chips? Can I just eat the chili ones? No, it's not. It's just one. It's one flavor. The flavor is chili mango. It's not two different flavors. I got to tell you, I don't know how you jerk a chicken. I, and is that part of the flavor from the chicken is what comes out of the chicken after you do that? Is that, is that the sauce or? I definitely don't want to eat the jerky chip. Yeah. I feel like I'd take that on the side to just taste it first and see if I like it. I don't want to just go ahead and assume. Cause like you're saying, if it's all mixed in the chip, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to like that Doug Jordan. Then you know what I'm going to say. Don't, I wouldn't try these chips then. Any of them. Now, this has been a disappointing sports desk. Yeah. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees. What did you guys think about that freaking rocket? There was a Chinese rocket, rocket from China. And I thought it was going to crash right into us. And I never saw this movie called The Day After Tomorrow. And I thought it was going to be just like that. And I was going to be like Dennis Quaid because he was in that movie. Have you ever seen that movie, Doug Jordan? I, uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal, who is, is in it. I mm. thought Dennis Quaid was in it. Am I thinking of a different movie? No, it's the same movie. Deep They're Impact? Maybe yeah. I was thinking about Deep Impact. Or Armageddon. I mean, he's saying they're in the same movie, so I think you were thinking about the right movie. Well, no, but the day after tomorrow is about a winter storm, so I didn't know what he was talking about either. Well, I thought it was about a Chinese rocket coming back. Don't they, the Chinese don't realize that the rockets are supposed to go to the moon, not back to earth. They're not supposed to come into the, they're not, you're not where, if they sent it from China, why is it coming back to earth? Shouldn't it be going to the moon? Doug? I, I, I'm looking up Dennis Quaid and, and, uh, and and he was in the day after tomorrow. 
Who? Oh yeah, what's that about? Uh, it's an American climate science fiction disaster film. Blah blah blah. Based on the 1999 book "The Coming Global Superstorm" by Art Bell and Whitney Stryber. Oh, she's Stars good. Dennis she's Quaid. good. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really say what it is. Dennis Quaid, the main character. I think so. Yeah, it looks like it. You know who I really like? I like his brother Randy, and I would like to see him in more movies. But he is uh, supposedly he's out of his mind. What like what makes you say that he's out of his mind? Do you have do, any stories that come that you've heard? Maybe something about he owed someone a lot of money and he had some very unusual habits. I'm not exactly sure. I'll look it up. My problem with the Chinese rocket was that I thought it was a hilarious freaking porn title. So I spent the whole weekend searching Chinese rocket on all the freaking dirty websites and I couldn't find a single thing. Um, come to find out that it was about an actual Chinese rocket. It was very disappointing, but I still played with myself a lot this weekend. Yeah. I, as did I, because I thought it was going to crash land into me and I thought I only had a few moments left. And I was worried about Sandy, so that factored into my, you know, playing with myself habit. Because you were worried about Sandy? Yeah. Doug Jordan, what'd you find out about Randy? Randy Quaid for Weakers and Tweakers still isn't he? Uh, it was too long and I didn't want to read it. I think he's in jail now, though. Maybe he's in there with Sandy. You think Randy Quaid is Sandy's cellmate here in Rochester, New York? Well, how many jails could they have, really? I think at least one in every city or town in the United States. What if we break Sandy out and then we get in there and it's actually Randy Quaid's cell and he's got those white shoes on from vacation, but the shoelaces have been taken off? I think they were already lovers, to be honest with you. Randy Quaid probably should only be allowed to wear loafers, Doug Jordan, if you know what I'm freaking mean. That cold, dark closet is beckoning to him, Doug Jordan. Sweatpants and loafers, no string, you know what I mean? So yeah, loafers no string, because they'll play with themselves to death. Yeah, there's one thing interesting in this that that Randy Quaid, uh, his checks stopped appearing and were being mailed to someone else, or or they thought they were being stolen, and Randy Quaid said his castmates showed up in a penis costume. I got to read this whole freaking story, but he said that there's a group called the Hollywood Star freaking Whackers. And he thinks it was all because of the Hollywood star whackers. Is that why he put on a costume so they could whack him? It, I mean, very might, well, uh, he might've been tricked into it by the freaking whackers. This sounds like another hilarious freaking pornography yeah. thing that I'm probably going to spend the rest of the night looking for. Yeah. God bless him. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers. This has been another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking our week in review. We love you so very freaking much. We're so freaking hot for you. Stay safe out there and we'll see you freaking next week. Doug, you got any gas in that truck? We need to go get Sandy out. Yeah, my car... My my truck always has gas in it. You know, I would it would be very strange if you you know next time you ask me, I'm gonna say no. I'm just gonna see what your reaction is. Well, I just need you to pick me up so we can go get Sandy. He should be out by now. Something's wrong, Doug Jordan. Yeah, I can pick you up. Before you go though, you need to freaking call off your dog Mar- Marvel freaking Givens because 
I feel my freaking time is ticking here. Yeah, there's no calling him off. I, I mean, I called him off weeks ago. Yeah, that's not. He's not gonna listen. Well, then I need you to gas up the freaking truck and come get me because I can't freaking stay in Casper. 